Hey everybody, this is Flavio Romeo, and on this episode of the Towncast, we had the opportunity of talking to local resident Julie Skolnick, uh, and she just published a book. It's called Severe Autism Kills. It's an intense book, uh, you know, with, with so many people in New Jersey, New Jersey has the highest autism rates in the country. Uh, it's, it's a pretty powerful story. So, uh, Julie shares her story openly and honestly, and, and, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty amazing book. So enjoy the episode, everybody. But here we are. This episode, it's a special episode. Uh, we're doing it over the phone. And I have with me the author of a brand new book. It's called Severe Autism Kills. And the author is Julie Skolnick. And it's it's an amazing book. And the stories, we're going to get into some of the stories. And we're going to get into Julie's story. Julie, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you, Flavio. Thank you. I appreciate being on. Yeah. And I have to tell you, it is this book is not an easy read. I mean, it's, it's, no, it's, not. it's, it's intense and, and we're going to get into some of the stories, but I want to talk a little bit about you. So you were not a Hawthorneite. No, I grew up in Montclair. I went to Montclair high school. How did we um, let you into Hawthorne from Montclair? Honestly, I didn't even know where Hawthorne was when I met Al as an adult. Um, I was a divorced mom with uh, a typical child of my own. And um, we met on Match.com. I'm not ashamed to say I wrote to Al. Did you um, really? Good for you. It's a, it's, this is a Match.com success story. You guys have been married and how many years? We've been together for 12 years beautiful. now. That's beautiful. And when I met Al, um, he had he was a single father with twin boys that he was raising alone from ages five to six. They were six when I met Al. Twin I boys. Knew twins, That's yes. And they were, they were, it was a handful. He was, um, life was difficult for Al um, at that time um, and still to this day. Um, but he's, not just is he a wonderful dad, um, they, he's a person who never complains. He never asks for help, really, when even when he should. Um, he doesn't ask for thanks. He just, you know, he just takes does. fatherhood seriously and just does what he has to do. Yeah, And exactly. I really admire him. Um, he's he's my hero, and he's the boy's hero for sure. Um, and he, and, he's, and he's old. from Hawthorne. He's a lifelong Hawthorneite. Yes, he was born in Hawthorne. He grew up on uh, North Fourth um, Street, along with uh, some other notable people from Hawthorne, including the chief of police now, um, and some others. And played baseball in the park every summer. <laughs> and um, he went to Jefferson until eighth grade, and then went to Newman Prep because they all went to St. Anthony's and his father and his mother were very heavily involved in at St. Anthony's church. So the Schiavo family, it's a family of four. Um, and so I met him when the boys were six and um, I knew that 
not only was he raising twins alone, but they had a diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder, ASD. So, so I have, so, I have to ask you a question. Uh, so, sure. so now you, you meet Al, right? You fall yes. in love with Al, even though you yes. know he has two kids Yes. and you have your own son. It's yes. a boy, right? Yours is a boy. Yes. So you have three boys. And, and did you, at, at six years old, did you know, and, and again, I, I, I have to pardon my ignorance because I'm not well-versed in the, in, in autism, but did you know at that time, or did Al know at that time, the level of, of autism or where they were on the spectrum or does it evolve over the years? I, I, I... It does. So, um, first of all, both boys, because they are identical twins, and that makes them interesting. Ah, um, they've no been kidding. in studies um, at NYU, as a matter of fact, because they are genetically identical twins. They've been tested several times. Um, and one, Griffin, is considered high-functioning, while Spencer, his identical twin brother, has severe autism. Um, it wasn't immediately known that one was going to be high functioning and one was going to be severe, you know, a child, neither one is uh, expected to talk, but when did that come to light? What? Yeah. When did that come to light? They got a diagnosis um, at 30 months. This is before I was in the picture. They were both diagnosed with ASD, not saying what level they were or if one was severe or not, but very quickly thereafter, after 30 months years old, um, it became apparent that Spencer was severe and Griffin was higher functioning. And the way that they knew that was because Griffin was talking, um, mm. where Spencer was not talking. Um, Griffin made eye contact. Spencer did not make eye contact. Yeah. Um, so Spencer, those, those are some of the things know, that you know. Yeah, some that, of the things like yeah, that. Yeah. So it became apparent pretty quickly um that spencer was more severe than griffin um and then became as we saw they had the same diagnosis they call it autism but so many times al and i have discussed we wish they had two different names for what they have because it's so different somebody who has high functioning autism you know griffin just graduated from Hawthorne High School. Um, he is now going to Bergen Community College. Awesome. And Spencer it has been in a special autism since the fifth grade and is still there now until he's 21. Um, he will never be able to live on his own. Um, he will need to be taken care of his whole life. He basically has the um, abilities and intellectual capacity of what a three-year-old has. Yeah. And that, and that has to be, you know, clearly it's difficult for the parents, but how is it with, with his brother? I mean, how, cause they're it's, now 18, you know right? What? They're both 18. It's, yeah, they're both 18. Um, Griffin has had his entire childhood robbed from him is how I'll put it. Mm. Um, we couldn't give him the time and attention that every child deserves and he's had to grow up living in an extremely stressful environment because he has a brother with severe autism he has dealt with all the symptoms all the screaming 
all the um, destruction to property. We can't go to a movie together as a family. We never go out to eat together as a family. We can't take outings to an amusement park together as a family. We can't be away from Spencer and home for that long a period of time. Um, we all kind of march to the beat of Spencer's drum uh, to try to, you know, um, keep him calm and happy all the time. And because of that, Griffin has really suffered. Um, one thing families like mine get sometimes is what they call respite, which are little breaks or where we get our babysitter on our own, or on occasion, the government helps find an agency to provide it on occasion. And those are really the moments of normalcy that the siblings of kids with autism get where we can do normal family things. So you've done that with Griffin. We've tried to do that with Griffin as much as we can, but not to not nearly as much as he needed or deserved. Yeah. And how, how is, how did, like, does Griffin understand? Does he understand the situation? He does. He does. And um, he knows, you know, he would say, I asked Griffin uh, before, and I said, what advice would you have for other kids like you who have a sibling with severe autism? And I was really touched when he said, have compassion. Uh, I mean... And I, and I, uh, now I'm all emotional. Yeah. That's beautiful. So he really does understand. He really it's does. Nothing, it's nothing that Spencer can control. He can't control it. Yeah. That's the thing. And it's hard to get mad at him, you know, as Griffin, you know, as a brother. I mean, at the same time, he knows he's been robbed of a childhood to a great degree. And and the thing that amazes me, you know, just doing a little bit of research is obviously autism is worldwide. It's not just in the U.S. or Canada. It's it's worldwide. In the U.S., the, the national average is one in 44 people. Mm-hmm. Have are somewhere on that spectrum. In New Jersey, it's one in thirty-five among eight-year-olds, yeah. and, and and you know it, it's setting it increased one hundred seventy-eight percent since two thousand. Mm-hmm. And it, it's how has you've have you worked with the state? I mean, how has the state been in response to some of your challenges? Okay, so this. There's two different subjects here, but so one I'll talk about the last part. Of I know your just it just first, feeds into my is, ignorance, <laughs> which is which is you know how does the state deal with it? The state of New Jersey does have the highest percentage per capita of uh, people with autism at all levels, and um, the state has not kept up with the tsunami of cases that they have. And the kids who are now have already become adults or who are about to become adults in terms of the programs and resources that these families like mine need. Um, They have been uh, remiss in a lot of ways. They have made mistakes and they have done things, for example, like turning over all of the cases for uh, kids with intellectual and developmental disabilities who used to be part of the Department of Developmental Disabilities, DDD, to a private contractor that's owned by an insurance company in Pennsylvania. Seriously? 
Yes, they have. Um, that happened. Um, that happened when I think Spencer was about nine years old. Oh. Um, when that happened, they took all the kids out of. They go back to DVD when they're adults, but when they're kids, they take a hundred and ninety-three million dollars a year and give it to a private contractor of taxpayer dollars um, who is who are reimbursed through Medicaid and which is paid for by the state. Um, and it's uh, unfortunately, in my opinion, a big fraud. It's a fraud to the taxpayers and it's most most awfully a fraud to the families who have kids who need services because instead of giving the services that they need, they take the money, hire people, and pay themselves salaries um, without really giving services. Um, wow, in most cases, it's really a, it's a big scam. And and I had called into a show when Governor Murphy has his call-in show on TV one yeah, time, yeah. and I said, "Have you read the guidelines? You know, for the contractors that the state of New Jersey uses." And he said, no. And I said, would you please promise me that you will read the guidelines? Because the guidelines are so vague that they literally could take the money and keep it and not provide any services and still uh, be within those guidelines, you know, of what they have to provide. There's no, there's, they used, they use vague language. Like we provide wraparound services. Well, I don't know what that is. Do what's, you know what that is? What's wraparound? <laughs> was that Reynolds wraparound? Who the, who the heck knows? Yeah. You know, I want to know. I mean, my child needs A, B, and C. If you ask the parents, you know exactly what we need. We need respite care. We need in-home um, behavioral services. Um, there's so many things that families need, and yet what you end up getting is something similar to what or the Department of Children and Families does, which is you get a social worker who shows up at your house. Um, They're supposed to come once a month, but they often don't. They'll just call. Or if they do, they just show up and say, please sign this piece of paper to say that I was here. And I'm like, how are you? How is this helping my child? You know, and one time it's not a funny joke, but I said this to a woman the social worker who showed up say please sign my form to say i was here you know to do i guess a welfare check on spencer and i said oh by the way spencer's upstairs in a cage would you like to see him you know i mean and she goes no no that's okay i'm you know I mean, I was kidding, but I mean, I was testing her. I said, he's in a cage right now. Do you want to check? I mean, they don't even do anything. They don't spend time with the kids. It's just, it's just a terrible thing. And if you um, ever go on my Facebook page or um, on my TikTok site, you will be able to see me doing protests against this. I yeah, did, so let's, uh, let's several one woman protests about let, that. Let's put that out. Oh, but because... I did want to answer your second part of the question, yeah, I yeah, guess, go ahead. which I'm is sorry. about how many kids in New Jersey have um, autism or and specifically severe autism and why that is. People, yeah. a lot of times, they say, Why do we see so many more people with autism now? Yeah. Um, and we never saw this growing up. And I myself 
uh, write about it in the book. You know, I did, didn't know anybody like this. I never saw this. And then I worked in special education in Passaic. I was a teacher. And um, I increasingly saw more and more and more kids mm. who have severe autism. So why is that? The answer is I don't know. But I have my own theories. Um, and one of the theories is that I think there has to be some environmental component to this um, because because something changed you know something changed if you didn't see something before and now you see it right you say what is the x factor that made the difference right right (laughs) you know um and so it could be a multitude of x factors but it's there's something external you know that made this change yeah, it's got to be something. It's it's why would the entire country be one number and New Jersey be another number, and and why would it have increased so much over and the last so twenty two years? Over this yeah. time, what happened? Right. Well, sometimes I think of the movie about Aaron Brockovich. I know, you know? I, exactly. And you think about new, civil I mean, action. To, There's a lot of movies you know, civil action. You know, listen, I'm no expert, but you know, if you just Anybody who's here and thinks about, you know, the uh, costs to people's health because New Jersey had so many chemical companies and polluted the waters, you know, these things, all the ramifications we've dealt with over the years trying to clean things up. Um, You say to yourself, hmm, you know, did this play into it? I don't know. And Julie, how has Hawthorne been? So you moved from Montclair, you get married, you're raising, you're raising three children, Two on opposite sides of the spectrum. How has Hawthorne as a community been? Hawthorne is a hidden gem in New Jersey. Really? How so? How would how so? First of all, I didn't even know where it was. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> we don't Montclair. want people coming here. <laughs> I'm from Montclair. You know, you in New Jersey, if you or in your town unless you know someone in a different town there's no reason for you to go to that town so i didn't know anyone in hawthorne so i never went to hawthorne um but when i met al i had a reason to go to hawthorne and i love it here i mean the people make it what it is everybody here is kind and um i think you know the values religion Things like that, um, the way you grow up made made a difference. And I, I just think, you know, we get so many great services for special education in Hawthorne. And that's no accident. And I think it's because of the community being such a caring, interested community about interested in taking care of each other. Real quick, I'm Jewish. I grew up Jewish. My husband is Catholic. Um, his family was, you know, he was an altar boy at St. Anthony's Church in Hawthorne. And when I uh, got divorced and I started dating, at first I said, well, you know, I'm only going to meet Jewish men because that's all I did growing up. Um, and then after a while, I hadn't met anybody any good yeah, <laughs> that then, I liked. Then you discovered that said, Italians go, are pretty I good. Said, well, I said, <laughs> I said, well, you know what? I said, maybe, all right, 
if I'm not going to marry somebody or meet somebody Jewish, um, I'm going to say, okay, to, you could pick, choose. I said, I'll choose. You could meet someone Jewish. And I said, and I said, I'll do Catholic also, because you know why I said, both Jews and Catholics know one thing, guilt. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, and especially in Italian, you got you, you, you exactly. I said we grew up the same way. We grew up with values. <laughs> Family is very important, and also you have a. I know if somebody checked the box Catholic, that meant that they at least grew up with a set of values. Whether they listened to it or not, I don't know, but I know that they grew up with a set of values, you know, similar to mine, and which means helping others and, you know, caring for others and putting family first. Well, and I know that, I know that there are several families in, in, in Hawthorne and in neighboring communities. And of course, nationwide that, that struggle with, uh, with the same thing. And, and, and I love that you're willing to put yourself out there and and I'm going to call out your TikTok page. Your TikTok page is Julie Skolnick, S-K-O-L-N-I-K-739. Thank you. And and when people go there, what are they going to see? Well, I just joined a few weeks ago, but I've already made 45 videos. And I say I'm a parent of a severely autistic 18-year-old uh, son. And I talk about those issues surrounding my son. I have videos of my son, Spencer. I call him my son because I've raised him for the last 12 years absolutely, with Al. Um, I, you will see videos of Spencer. You will not see videos of Griffin right now because he told me, I don't want to be on TikTok with you. And I said, that's fine, Griffin. <laughs> he's, you know, like I said, he's high function. Don't embarrass me, Ma. Don't embarrass me. Do not embarrass me. me. Um, you know, so you will see videos with our fa- about our family and um, the struggles that we face and the the good and the bad and and everything else in between um all the videos are short but um it's about awareness and about building awareness and and also you're on facebook and people can reach out to you if they just want to chat they just want to say listen i know what you're going through and for that you can see me on uh my name is hyphenated on on facebook it's julie skolnick same spelling s-k-o-l-n-i-k hyphen Chiavo, S-C-H-I-A-V-O. And for all the Italians out there, I know it's actually pronounced Schiavo. I was about <laughs> ready to correct you. Julie, I was schiavo. so, I was ready. That was my next comment. <laughs> but the family, I said Schiavo. And Al says, I know, but they started calling us Schiavo here. I don't know why. I know, I know. <laughs> you know what? My last, my last name is supposed to be pronounced Romeo. Romeo. In Italian, it's Romeo. Uh, but... Every time I say Romeo, they add a second R and I become Romero. All of a sudden, mm. I am now Latin American. So well, we just went I'll with Romeo. Nice. Everybody Julie knows Romeo. Skolnick, Schiavo. It rhymes. Absolutely. <laughs> so listen, for, for everybody listening, you know, you, you can see her on TikTok. You can uh, find her on Facebook. You can share your stories because it's a community that really needs support. I mean, I feel it like, is. I feel like. Nobody wants to be on an island by themselves yes. dealing with these struggles. So, And that's why I wrote the book, because families like mine, you know, it can make you very, very isolated. Spencer didn't have 
friends or participate in sports or do the things that normal kids do. So the way parents meet each other at barbecues or kids' soccer games or football games, you know, we didn't have that. So families become very isolated and they become very desperate and feeling very alone. Yeah. Um, so, so the book is called Severe Autism Kills. And yes, I, and I have to tell you, Julie, it, it is, I'm going to tell everybody, it's, it's, it's an intense read. I mean, it's compelling, yes. the stories, and I give you a lot of credit. I'm going to ask you how long it took you to put all those stories together, but there are so many incredible, just gut-wrenching stories of people that that are that you know deal with this on a day-to-day basis. That so so tell us a little bit about first of all, what what let's let's talk about the book. What does the book deal with? Severe autism kills. Okay, so it is a collection of true crime stories of people from around the globe documenting the murder of people with severe autism. Um, The average lifespan of a person with severe autism is 39 years old worldwide. And there's uh, many reasons for that. But one of them, unfortunately, is because so many kids um, die at a young age, um, often at the hands of their parents and caretakers. Um, They become the victims of murder. Frequently, the murders are those uh, that are accompanied by parental suicide or attempted suicide. Um, These homicides are carried out in a multitude of ways, including shootings or physical abuse, neglect, intentional poisonings. and I am trying to save people's lives. Um, as I said, families like mine suffer in the darkness and isolation and desperation uh, that is associated with severe autism. The stories themselves are all true stories that I gathered from around the world. I divide them into chapters, unfortunately, by the way somebody is killed, either, let's say, murdered by parent incidents involving police or neglect and abuse um, and things like that. I do tell people it was, uh, it is a difficult book to read, as you said, and it was very hard for me to write it. Um, yeah. What, what inspired I, you? Like what, what, what made you think I, this need, this I was story on needs a, to be told? I was on a Facebook, a you know, parent support Facebook page, a private page, Uh, with other mostly moms of uh, kids with severe autism and people would post articles sometimes in the paper i mean that came from the newspaper or or from the news where some child sometimes we would post things like a child was lost right because uh, kids with severe autism tend to wander and things like that but also posted were kids who were killed um and stories like that. And I, you know, I was hearing about him and reading about him and saying to myself, which is what I asked the reader to say to themselves every time you hear one of these stories, is if this family had received a lot more help, would the outcome have been the same? Right. If they had support and they knew they weren't alone. And the answer in almost every case is no if they had gotten more help. So it's tough to read about these things, but ultimately 
you know, just because you don't think about it or you don't read about it doesn't mean it's not happening. Well, can, can and you I share, want can you share to get one... people to help. Yeah, can... I'll tell you the story that inspired yeah, me yeah, to, yeah. Write, to yeah. read. Um, there was a story that was uh, posted, and this was uh, over three years ago, and that's when I started writing the book. I started collecting the stories. Um, it was a... The headline was... Um, Doctor, uh, a doctor in Spokane, Washington, found dismembered and decapitated in oh. his backyard and severely autistic son uh, arrested. And I read the story in horror. I read the title in horror, the title of the article in horror. I read the story in horror. Um, what actually happened was they do believe the father either took an overdose or had a heart attack outside and his adult son who was living with him, um, in his early twenties, um, was found in the house alone. The house looked like it had been ransacked or a squatter was living there, but it was because even though he was adult, he didn't know how to take care of himself by mm. himself. Yes. And, uh, they, and police initially arrested him, but, uh, he was uh, released, obviously, and had to uh, go to a facility uh, to help take care of him. And I was worried about this kid, and I was uh, wondered where is the mother. So I started looking online where where is the mother, and um, I found her obituary, and it was one of those obituaries where. They don't say how the person died, and she was in her mid to late 50s, and it doesn't say she bravely fought cancer or she was killed in a tragic accident, and it made you think maybe she killed herself. I don't know, but that's what I thought after reading the obituary. And as I searched a little more on Google, I saw that she had written a book called Break On Through, surviving autism and i ordered the book online i saw it had a couple reviews which basically said that the book was very depressing and it was a first-hand account of a family uh, trying to raise a child from you know birth to adulthood with severe autism and the effect it had on that family and the father, as I said, was a doctor. He was an anesthesiologist. The mother was a nurse. They were. She was beautiful. He was smart and handsome. I'm sure when they got married, they thought the trajectory of their lives was straight up. But they both ended up dead before retirement age. Wow. And you say to yourself, what was the difference? You said, like we talked about, what was the X factor? And in their lives, it was having a child with severe autism. Now, um, there's no studies about parental suicide alone, uh, with, because when someone commits suicide, mm. they don't say afterwards, did the kid have, did they have a child with severe autism? And I said, very honestly, you know, I suffered my own serious bouts of depression myself. Um, and having dark thoughts, you know, because it seems endless, then there's no answers and there's no cure and there's no help. And I thought to myself, if a doctor and a nurse, a family with uh, above average income, 
resources, intelligence, access to medicine. If they can't make it, if they can't handle it, who can? Right. So you felt you felt like if they can't do it, how can I? How am I going? How are we going to do this? Yeah. And uh, wow. it really scared me and it scared me to the point where i said i have to do something i have to bring attention to the crisis that families are in because lives are being lost yeah well especially especially the fact that you know the lifespan is 39 years and it's it's 39 years the parents figure the parents are going to be in their 60s so it's it's alan and i are facing this right now uh one of the reasons I wanted to write the book was to create a fund that will be available um, for Spencer when we are no longer here to take care of him. And God willing, he outlives us by 20 or 30 years. But it's a very scary thing. And to think we won't be here to support him physically, we won't be here to support him financially. Um it's tough. It's the things that keep you from sleeping at night. Well, and it's and you you know you're not alone. I mean, there are hundreds of thousands of families yep. that deal with this on a day to day. And again, for for everybody listening, you know, you can find Julie Julie Skolnick S K O L N I K on Facebook, <clears throat> and then. <clears throat> It's great that you start a TikTok page. I mean, I know, you know, TikTok, yeah. TikTok gets a lot of negativity, but but, it for, does. but for someone to be able to go on, it's Julie Skolnick 739 on TikTok. And just Thank to be you. able to share comments and be able to say, I know what you're going through. I'm going through the same. You know, God exactly. bless you. I love you. You know, yeah. You could see. And you know what? I don't hide things. Um I love my house in Hawthorne. I take a lot of care and pride in, I like to decorate and do different things like that. And there's a a large element of destruction of property that comes with severe autism because the kids are frustrated. It's a communication disorder among other things. And when they can't communicate what they want to, sometimes they lash out physically, not against people, but against property, like hit a wall and it causes a hole in the wall and um, break a TV or break an iPad and things like that. And I show it on my TikTok page, you know, the destruction of property that we've had to deal with in our house. Um, and we're constantly fixing things and having to buy things again and again. Um, and uh, I'm not trying to, you know, I feel embarrassed myself or embarrass my family, but it, this is our reality. Um, Julia, and, I, uh, it's really tough. I appreciate <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry. I I appreciate the fact that you were honest enough to say that as you're going through these stories that those those thoughts have crossed your mind. Yeah. And yeah. I, and I don't think you're alone in that. I hope it does, you know, besides bringing attention to the subject to people who um don't have children with severe autism. Um, to teachers, to police officers, to politicians, and so forth, people who need to know this stuff, who are in the position to help, perhaps, uh, policymakers. Hopefully, you know, it brings, in a strange way, uh, some comfort to parents who are in the situation to know that uh, their feelings of desperation 
that hopefully are momentary are not abnormal. Yeah. Well, the, the book is Severe Autism Kills. The tagline is Families in Crisis, Lives in Danger. And when you read through the book, and, and this is just this is just a handful of stories. You can imagine yeah. how many more stories there are. I could do a volume two, three, it never ends. 20, and never ends. I, I want it to end. I want it to stop. That's why I put it out there. I don't want people to die. And when I wrote the book, I said, you know, I'm to Al, I'm doing the book, and I'm going to publicize it. He said, oh, you should call Flavio. He's friends with me on Facebook. He does a town, <laughs> he does a town cast, he does a town podcast, and, you know, he would be a great person to talk to, and you are. You, I, you've been so sensitive uh, towards me and towards the subject. Uh, you've been approachable, and um, I, I, I just can't thank you enough, and you're emblematic of Hawthorne as a whole as being caring you know and not turning your back and say well you know that's pretty gruesome i don't want to talk about it you care enough to say let's sit down and talk i really appreciate it well i, I thank you for saying that i really appreciate that and and i have i have many friends that have children that are on the spectrum and you know some on opposite like like your family you know opposite yeah. ends of the spectrum and it just my heart goes out to them because it's they no one did anything wrong it's no. not like you hear these stories where, you know, adolescents just act out because their parents were drug addicts or, you know, what, what you know, it, it's, you're just raising your children and, yep. and, and, you know, and you're dealing with this and, and, you know, obviously parents that are dealing with, with their autistic children had dreams of doing this and dreams of doing that and, oh, and when you just said uh, that my heart just, I know, my heart just I, raised so, because Al and I, it makes me want to cry right now. I mean, all we've talked about is we want to go. We, we always wanted to go to Italy to to yeah. the town where his his both his uh, parents, their families. We were, yeah. were into genealogy. We traced back like four hundred years, and they're both from towns literally right next to each other in wow. Cilento, which is um, part of Salerno and just south of Naples. And uh, all we want to do is, you know, go there. And when we finally, you know, got have the ability in our careers and, and you know, in our, making a living, we can't. We can't do yeah. it. We can't go because we don't have anybody to care for our child. So, and he can't fly mm. on a plane. And um, it, it's, it's really heartbreaking sometimes. I mean, it's not the worst tragedy in the world. Like, oh, I can't go to Europe, you know. But it, for us, it's, it's uh, a dream deferred. Yeah, but you know what? It's, it's not only we can't go to Europe. You can't go down the shore. You can't go to yeah. Atlantic City. You can't go, you know, it's... it's yep. You can't travel. It's, you can't if tra we, even if we get a babysitter, the cost of having, and when I say babysitter, they have to be yeah. usually somebody who's working with this population, yeah, like yeah, a para, absolutely. and we're paying exorbitant out-of-pocket. Paying for child care, even though he's not a child anymore, because he can't be left alone, is more than the vacation. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, Julie, I, I appreciate the fact that you went through the process of pulling these stories together and, and guys it, it, the stories are intense but yeah but but it happens it happens everywhere and it happens 
you know, a day to day. And it's just people that are dealing with this when they're at wit's end. And yeah, it's, it's called. It's, some, yeah. And it is on Amazon. Yeah. Um, and it is on Kindle and it will soon be on audible as an audible book. So you can get severe autism kills. Look it up on Amazon. Uh, again, it's available on Kindle and, and on audio, it's going to be uh, coming up on audible. And if you want to reach out to Julie and you just say, you know what, I really appreciate your honesty and your openness and, you know, it's, and, and you want to reach out and support one another, go to Julie Skolnick, S-K-O-L-N-I-K on Facebook, and then Julie Skolnick 739 on TikTok. And, and you probably are doing me and my family and Spencer a service here because, you know, Spencer has severe autism, which means that he is, you know, he he is in town. They children can wander and things like that. And the fact that because we're usually feel isolated, the fact that people in Hawthorne now know of Spencer, uh, they can be on the lookout for him. Um, or if they see us in the grocery store and he's yelling and things like that, and you know, they can know now who we are and feel like, oh. I understand what's happening here. Um, So I really appreciate it because you have allowed us to get to know our neighbors who we would otherwise otherwise not get to know. Yeah, well, you know, I I hope people do reach out. I hope people that that feel like they are isolated and they have no way to turn, nowhere to turn, and they, they just feel so alone in this. It's, 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 it's worldwide and and you're not alone. And no. to be able to reach out and just commiserate and just say, you know, I appreciate your story. Thank you so much. I, I'm struggling yeah. with the same thing and be able to support one another. I mean, that's that, you know, it's kind of what the Towncast has been all about is, you know, everybody to support one another. It's, you know, our, we live, you know, our lives are very short. So yeah. and, and we, we live in these communities where if we can't support one another, then then what's the point? You know, so. Absolutely. It's so, it is so important and it is, you're really doing, and as a Jewish woman, I say, you're doing a mitzvah, you're doing a good deed, Flavio. <laughs> Mazel <laughs> you, really <laughs> you really are. Thank well, God for you. Thank God. God bless you and God bless this town and God bless your podcast and the awareness. Well, God bless you, Julie and Al and your family. And, and, um, you know, I, I, I just, I, I, I can't even, I, I put myself in your and Al's shoes and it just, you know, to be able to want to, you know, to want to do so many things and, and not yep. to be able to, and then on the, on the flip side of that, still be able to do what you can and enjoy your family. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, that's and it's not all tragic. We do have fun. Spencer is, happens to be absolutely adorably cute you know he he and he can be funny and you know well and you'll see spencer you'll see you'll see spencer on julie's julie's you'll get a good you'll get a good kick out of him sometimes he sings he sings his own songs i'm gonna look i'm gonna look it up as soon as we hang up don't go away i'm gonna sign off and then i just want to say yeah i want to say goodbye to you uh thank you julie thank you so much for coming on i really do appreciate it and i appreciate more than anything else, I appreciate your honesty and your openness to to discuss a, a, such a 
difficult topic, and it seems almost taboo for many people. It does. Yeah, so I really appreciate it. And guys, again, uh, on TikTok, you can find Julie Skolnick, S-K-O-L-N-I-K-739. And you know, leave some comments, leave some positive comments, encourage one another. You can find her on Julie Skolnick on Facebook, uh, Julie Skolnick dash Schiavo. I'm going to pronounce it mm-hmm. Italian, Schiavo, S-C-H-I-A-V-O. And and support one another, help one another. Uh, give an hey, encouraging can I do word. a shout out to my brother-in-law's uh, bar? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we talked about okay, that. Okay, so my brother-in-law, Chris Schiavo, Schiavo, he... Uh, he owned two bars, uh, one closed during COVID, but the Shepherd and the Knucklehead, uh, one was in Hales and now, and one in Hoboken, the Hoboken one is still open. We love so, the, we love the Shepherd of, and the Knucklehead. My niece and nephews all went to, uh, Hawthorne High School and his son, Joe, our nephew is helping running, run the one in Hoboken now. Yeah, so we... if you like craft beer, they got 60 taps. Nice. And we loved it. We loved it when it was in, uh. Inhaled. I mean, we we you know we went there several times. Great place, yeah. and uh, yeah, absolutely. The Shepherd and the Knucklehead. I love the name. I thought that was a great yeah. name. That's based on a book Chris wrote. Is that right? And I don't. Yeah, I don't think you can find it on Amazon. All Sorry. right, well, we're gonna have to talk you to Chris. Might. That's that's gonna be a different episode. You have have him contact me. <laughs> yeah, you have to go to the bar. You have to drink all of the craft beers to get the book. Exactly. Well, Julie, thank you so much. Give my love to Al and to your family. I will. And uh, and to your extended family, and uh, we'll have to go down to Hoboken and to the uh, the Shepherd and the Knucklehead. My, our treat, our treat. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, don't ha- don't hang up. I'm gonna sign off, guys. Again, uh, you know, reach out, reach out to Julie. It's 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 a small community, but it's an important community, and it is community, and it's great to be able to to you know share with one another and and support one another. So, hopefully, you guys will do that. All right. Be well, everybody.